How can I get my team to start working to close the gaps? Welcome to the Power Hour. This is your Power Hour where you can discover something. Perhaps in this Power Hour you can discover something that you already are doing and you get the confidence of doing something really good. Perhaps in this Power Hour you have an idea about something you could start doing. Or could it be that in this Power Hour you notice something that you could be doing a little better. Maybe in this power hour you discover what is holding you back and you have a breakthrough and start doing something totally differently. This is your power hour with me, your host, Coach Colin, and I am your skipper on your journey in mastering your leadership. Do you remember that situation with your team when you have, you know, initiated some great project, when you have started something new and you're coming out of a workshop and everybody is enthusiastic and everybody wants to do something and they want to get started. And then after a while, maybe you've noticed that there are so many other initiatives that are happening at the same time and people are wondering, well, which is the most important one to do right now? Or, you know, sometimes you even look back and perhaps you've noticed that there weren't any real actions out of this workshop and nothing really moved forward. Could it be that sometimes you had the impression even that there was a preset agenda and everything was just a you know a game sort of like a theater play and it was already clear what outcome there was going to be sometimes you might even have been in a workshop and afterwards you felt like there was any real interest to to move something on and all the discussions and conclusions that were made they were just they just fell flat or Perhaps you've even noticed that sometimes there wasn't really the support in the organization or around you to make it happen. And in the end, you thought, you know, nothing has changed anyway. But this is not the way you're going to work in your workshop, is it? Because when you think about the power to perform and the way you're going to discover your work blueprint. It is about, of course, doing the workshop. It's about doing the observations, but it's also about reflections with your team. And it's also about defining the key steps. And that is what this Power Hour is about for you, where we dive specifically into a short summary of the different steps, but specifically, we're going to spend time on the key steps so that you really create that feeling with your team that it is not just another initiative. This is really something that matters because it has an impact on the results. And there are going to be real actions that you're going to follow up with your team. And it is not a preset agenda. It is for you. It is for them. It is for the team because you're looking for the performance improvement so that you can all be safe in achieving those goals. 
And of course, there was real interest from your side and real interest from everybody else. And you're going to support each other. So you're going to make the change happen. That is what the workshop is about. But where are you right now? Let's take a quick look and recap around the different steps that we have been covering in previous Power Hours. So let's take a snapshot at what you've already done, because it is amazing stuff, isn't it? So, let's have a look. You have been spending some time around planning the workshop and you have informed your team and everything is quite into place. But what has really happened? Before, you have been thinking about, well, what really has an impact on your results? Because you've noticed that there's so many things that are moving and, and, and happening and what really is going to make the difference for you is making that choice to decide what impacts my result. And if you remember, of course, you're, there are many things that are going to impact your result, but you're only going to focus on the ones that you and your team can really control. And the ones that we single out, of course, were the customers and the markets and the competitors and the, you know, the technical uh, uh, deliveries and the performance of the products. We all put those aside and we said, no, 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 wait a second. What really has an impact on the performance and on the results are those areas that we're going to closely look into. There is the technical side of the ability to win the order on a technical level. That is going to have an impact on your on your result. You're going to have a look to have good solution, good decisions around what is it really you're going to sell. You want to make sure that you sell the gems, that the customer really understands the value of your offer, and you want to make sure that you secure the time and you're efficient in executing that order with your team. These are the elements that you can impact, that your team can impact, and it very much depends on the performance in every area. That is why you have the opportunity and you've already chosen the one area where you say, this has the biggest impact right now. So what did you do then? When, of course, you then broke down every impact, every performance area into the process steps and you put there a sequence of steps and you might remember the VBS steps, which was quite an overview, an overall high-level step description. But in detail, you had that workshop done, right? And you had the opportunity to observe your people and every phase of that sales process, you took notes. What were your people doing? What was your customer doing? And which means there were different observation lists that you were writing down and you're writing down as much as you can. Make sure that you're protocoling every words and all the actions that the people were doing. And you remember, you might even have done this in the field, not only in the safe area of a workshop back in the office, but that doesn't matter. But the most important thing is you had done all your observations. And then you took your reflection checklists and you convert it out of the area where you said this has really the impact on my results right now and you converted all the observations and you did reflections around what the people were doing and what they were not doing and where they could be working on where they were performing uh, very well and so that you had your observation documented in your own 
reflections. And this now took you into the conversation with your team in the next phase because now you had the opportunity to make them grow, make them see what you were seeing by using the coaching tool together with the grow model. And in fact, you also were stepping through the core of the reflections where you were starting with the with the um, congratulating them on the good behavior, when you were opening their mind to see other things that were happening, where you're giving the opportunity to reflect and see alternatives of their behavior, and then you expanded and you made them grow using the GROW model. This is everything that you might have already been doing. And what we really want to look into right now is, well, how specifically can you get your team to start working on closing the gaps? So it doesn't happen that afterwards everybody says, oh, it was just, it was a great workshop, but nothing really happened. No, no, no. You are going to make sure with this power hour that you're going to do this differently. So how do you get things to happen after the workshop? That is really the core question. And as you remember, we did the workshop because we wanted to compare the way your team is working with the blueprint of how they should be working. And as you remember also, a blueprint for something is a plan or a set of proposals that show how it is, uh, how the people are expected to work. So you're always comparing how is it working right now and what is the blueprint. That is the comparison you always have to have in mind because now we're talking about the key steps forward after you have done the workshop, after you have done the observations, and after you have done the reflections. Now, the K in the workshop, the K means for, okay, how do I now take the key steps forward in creating that change? And a key step is a significant stage or an important event in the development and progress in reaching something significant, like closing the gaps. That is what it's about. So to give you an overview of the key steps, let's let's look into the core of key steps. Because when you want to take steps forward, when you want to close the gap of whatever you have discovered, it might be a good idea for you that you have a clear view around what is really available for yourself, wouldn't it? And what is really available, I mean... What is around you? What could you do on trainings? What could you do on courses, on seminars and things that you can pull off the shelf and have right now? If you know what you have, then taking the first key steps forwards might be quite easy because you suddenly realize there's already so much around you that is going to help you. That is why the first element of the core of the key steps is to understand the course guide and the support system around you. So let's have a quick look at what is available. And of course, what what other would I propose is to have a deep dive and have a look into the manager's guide around all the courses from the academy. And in this manager's guide, you can see immediately the things that you have because there you find that there are single courses. You might know, you can register people, you can assign people to single courses, just one 45 minutes, one hour course on a specific topic and you get to choose or they get to choose which topic it is. Then there will be power shots, like a five minute snapshot of a key 
point of something that is very important to remember out of these courses. There are live power hours like this one where you can listen or even come in live and ask questions or podcast recordings so that you recap these live power hours afterwards because nothing is worse than having a live event and thinking it is great and looking at your notes a couple of weeks afterwards and you think, I missed something. Can I recap? That's where you can listen to the podcast. And of course, there are curricula where you can, like like a whole learning path, like for new hires where you can go through from A to Z and learn a whole competence area from, from start to the beginning. And of course, there was also in this manager's guide, there is advice for you as a manager. How can you help your people who are on a course so that you can coach them, so that you can show interest, you can keep them attracted and, and show them that there is changes that can be implemented after an online course. There, there could be ad hoc seminars that we can do for you. There could be custom workshops. And of course, there are general courses, not only specific topics like technology and, and processes and, and skills, but general topics. Sales-specific competencies you'll find, and of course, topics for our managers. So if you open up your version of the manager's guide, and everybody should have one guide on the table. And if you don't have it, I can just page with you together through you. Um, so that you can see what is inside. And if you don't have it, reach out to me. Make sure that you have one as soon as possible on your desk, because this is really the guide for you to work on with your team. So, of course, you've got at the first um, page, you've got how you can register, how things work, um, information about the learning cycle, because it's not all about just sharing information in an online course. It's about practicing things. It's about giving feedback how people are using it. But the biggest part of learning really is the implementation in real life. And if you've ever thought about how these things distribute, well, if there is 10% of the time you would invest in actually sharing information, gathering information, at least twice as much of that time is actually used to understand it and to practice it in real life. But then the majority of the time, 70% of the time of learning to really achieve a skill is done in the field with field observations, field coachings and field feedback. And that is exactly where this workshop fits in because this workshop is not a training. It is helping you implement the skills that your team is going to have and you're expecting your team should have in the future. So this describes in um, in the in this double page it describes how does learning really work. It also describes how how our strategic approach for learning and development and then getting started you can see that there are a couple of areas that you might want to familiarize with so that you can show your team look if you want to get started this is how you can find a course. This is how you can find a community. This is how you can find and create your own learning environment. And this is how you can collaborate and give feedback, interact with the, with the trainers of these online courses. Because let's face it, we love to get feedback. We love to hear from you around certain courses. Not only when you can't log in and it doesn't work. No, no. 
all the time when you find something interesting. That is what we thrive of in sharing information that is valuable for you. And then in the next uh, double page, you find the different learning paths, the general courses for new hires, the specific skills for salespeople, technical courses, product courses. And then in the following pages, and there are quite a number of pages, you find a short description of each and every one of this course, which means that you don't have to worry that you have to do everything. You can go in and choose a single one. Or you can assign a new hire to a whole suite of courses. Or you can have a dialogue with a person in front of you saying, well, which area do you think you would like to improve? What do you think you're good at? Should we just skip those and look at things that need work on based on the observations that we've made? You can use this manager's guide, this catalog of courses, in all sorts of different ways on sales competencies, on technical competencies, and even even if if you've got some subordinate team leaders, you can think about courses for management as well because everything is there. What is interesting is a number of courses, um, a number of descriptions helping you to describe how you're going to act as a manager while people are on a course. Because this is quite important because none of these courses really just go down by themselves. And every course... There is at least one action which you should know as a manager so that you know how to interact with a person who is doing that course so that you can show interest, you can help them understand, you can have a conversation, you can share your own experience so that they totally get that this is an important competence and skill for them to develop. So it's worthwhile taking a cup of coffee sitting down in quiet and going through all the pages of the manager's guide and really understand what is inside so that the next time you make an observation and you make your reflections, you have the opportunity to think about, well, we already have so much. Why don't we just apply what we have and make sure that we we use that because everything that is in this manager's guide is specifically supporting your blueprint. So what are the other steps then in the core of the key steps? The first step, which we just covered, was understanding the course guide, understanding what is available, understanding what you have to get started. Now, the next thing is, of course, you want to get get an overview of what is really necessary. And this overview can be easily done by opening up questions with your team, questions that can get them started around thinking around around how they how they felt about the workshop, what they were thinking about. And it can be a very unstructured discussion. It doesn't matter. The most important part is that you can have a discussion and you might want to ask questions about, okay, now that you've seen this workshop and you've seen the blueprint, where do you see opportunities to improve? What are you struggling with today? Or which changes could have the biggest impact on our business? And What special experience could bring you further? These could be questions that allows your team just to reflect around their impression where they are right now after the workshop. And it just opens their minds, has a discussion, and they don't have to be worried about getting everything down on paper. We will come to that. Just let them have a discussion. Acknowledge their ideas, 
you know, you want to recognize their experience, you want to appreciate the feelings that they have, just so that you create this atmosphere of openly discussing and ventilating what is really happening. And the next phase, which is then the R of the core of the key steps, you want to reconnect to the impact. And this is quite important because you're not doing all these observations and reflections and improvements. You're not just doing them for fun. You're doing them because you want to have a specific impact, which you had decided at the beginning, right? Or you want to connect them to the goals. Whatever works, don't forget the impact don't forget the focus. Don't forget the reason why you're doing this. And you might think about questions that could reconnect to the impact, that could reconnect to the goals. And questions like, okay, as a salesperson, as a technician, as an engineer, working to be more successful in this environment, what do you think we should be focusing on? Or why do you believe this extra focus is going to have an impact? You could have everybody sit down and think about, well, what do you believe are the top three priorities of our team right now? And all these questions work in the context of the situation where you are right now, when the impressions of the workshop are still live in their heads. And finally, the last step. Now you still have I mean, you, you prepared yourself because you understand now what is in, in our course offer in the catalog. You've allowed them to have an overview and, um, and open up their minds to share their reflections. You reconnected and guided them more directly into what the impact should be and what the things that you might change. And now you want to bring the whole discussion more structure. And that is where, in the last element, you want to empower them to close the gap. And that is in detail, that tool, how that works, I'm going to share with you after a very short break because this is going to be essential for you to move forward. Are you getting good results from your team? Do you need to get even better results this year? Perhaps you're looking at the results and wondering, how can I reach my goals with my team? Maybe your team is not totally convinced and you're still undecided about what would be the best way to reach the goals. Could it be that not everybody appears to be really involved in the challenges yet? Imagine you could have all the elements that would put you back on track again and you had the confidence that you can get it done. How would you feel? Release the Leader Within is the event that will make that happen. This special event is only for those who have completed the courses Manage Your Core Business Effectively, so make sure you don't miss out. Release the Leader Within is a two-day live event that will accelerate your ability to lead your team to success. You will realize and train your strengths and apply them immediately to overcome your challenges. You will break through from what is holding you back so that you can release the true leader within you and reach your potential as the leader of your team. This very special event will show you step by step how to redesign the key elements of your leadership in your ability to manage your team's process 
for optimum performance in your leadership skills and the use of your mind and spirit so that your new results are permanent and lasting. So don't miss out to sign up for Release the Leader Within. So welcome back. So how can you really create these key steps forward? The core of the key steps were you were going to understand the total offer and the support organization that you have already in front of you today that you have available. You were going to obtain an overview with your team around how they felt after the workshop and you're going to reconnect the impact to what is really important and the things that you want to change. What we're going to do now is going to have a deep, deep, deeper look into what exactly can you do to empower the team to close the gap. And to do that, I'm going to share with you an experience that we've had with a sales team who went through this exercise step by step. Because now that you have done this discussion, you've obtained an overview around what your team feels and you've reconnected their focus on the on the goals, on the impact, on the improvement areas that you might have decided on before, now you're going to start using these elements of I close the gap. And when I say I close the gap, already you might take a, think about of taking a pen and paper into your hand and write down from on the left-hand side of your paper in vertical letters, I close underneath each other. I and then C-L-O-S-E, I close. Because these are the steps that you're going to do with your team while they're live in the room or perhaps a week later while you have them live on an online course, on an online meeting, which works fine. But most important is get your team together and do these steps. So what are these steps for I close the gap? First of all, you're going to introduce the background. And you've already done that in that respect, that you have spoken to your team, you have shared the, the, the thoughts, you have been asking their ideas around the background. So they're really focused on what is now available, what is in the room, what is in the air, what are you going to discuss about. But what you're going to do now is specifically is clarify the situation, which is the C of clarify of closing the gap because clarifying the situation means that you have introduced the perspective yeah we have introduced the background but now you want to clarify the situation with a question yeah you want to give the whole discussion now a single sense of direction so that everybody can start to contribute in this direction not as diverse and um, you know spontaneous like they had doing before. Now you want to give it a direction. And the question you have now available, which you can formulate, and it, it starts like, in order to achieve our goals, or how can we be better at doing, uh, doing X, yeah? um, based on the most important point that you would like to focus on and you would like to lead your team towards to. And this clarifying question you're going to write on the flipboard. And then when you've written it on the flipboard, you give them three minutes to think. Nobody do this explanation before. Yeah, these are the instructions. 
You give them three minutes to think for yourself, write down each and everyone's answer on a piece of paper, and then you're going to take it in turns round the table or round your virtual meeting room, one after one, everybody gets to answer. So this sounds complicated, but there is a very important reason behind this, because you want everybody to contribute with their answers to your question. And why is that important? Well, come on, you know that in many times you always have the certain, the same people who jump the gun and and have ideas. And then you start discussing their ideas. And at the end of the discussion, you're wondering and scratching your head, well, are these the only ideas? What about the people who were quiet? What about the people who need a little more time to think? What about the people who are a little hesitant to join that type of discussion? They never get to say anything. So with this structure, you really invite everybody to share their ideas. And that is why it's important that you guide that discussion. So if you're, you know, you know who they are, your friends, who they start then discussing a suggestion, they start arguing around these things. No, you have to guide that discussion saying, okay, guys, these, these are the rules. Everybody gets to say one suggestion at a time, you write it down on the flip chart and then you say thank you and you pass it on, pass the word on to the next one. We will discuss these things later. Right now, it's only the moment to collect all the ideas. And here in this image, you can see one of our regional managers and he's been writing down all the ideas on the flip chart. And there were quite a lot of ideas because his team, they were really enthusiastic and the discussion around around there, the outcome of this workshop, it was really amazing. And now they were focusing on the question that he had asked them. What do we need to do to become better in working with our customer? Whatever it is you want to have. So make sure that you give those instructions. Everybody answers the question on a piece of paper. You have three minutes to write down as many questions, as many answers as you can. And I will go around the room one after another and everybody gets to say their most important one first. And then we pass it on and we do as many rounds as we need until all your ideas are on the board. Is that okay? These are the instructions. Now, what are you going to do next? The next thing is that you're going to do is you're going to order the ideas. Don't argue. Don't discuss them. Order the ideas. Now, to order the ideas, you can let people vote. Yeah, You can just look at the number of ideas that they are and you can say, okay, everybody gets five votes. Please come to the front. Mark it with your pen and this way we will single out the most important issues right now. And if you have a closer look um, at your flip chart, you will then see that Okay, a couple of topics are top priority. Good, you can mark them, top priority. A couple of the topics might be duplicates, which they got voted, fine. You just add it all up, add those points up, which are similar, which might change the priority a little bit, but it doesn't really matter. The most important thing, that you order all the ideas. And at this point in time, this this is very curious, at this point in time, you will notice that like with many other teams, that then everybody's satisfied and they think you're done. But that would mean that the I close the gap exercise just finished at I close. What happens with S&E? What is left to do? Because this is interesting because so many teams then they do the voting 
and then the manager takes the list with all the votes and priorities, takes it off the board, takes it home to think about it. Have you noticed that? It's quite amazing. Everybody everybody is happy that the manager took the priority away and expects the manager to do something with it. Why? You've got enough to do anyway. So why do you want to take this burden of creating projects after this exercise and stop there and take it home with you? It's the moment to really make sure that you close the gap and people start moving because if you take that list back home, what is going to happen? Of course, your daily routine is going to catch up and two weeks later, you're going to have this piece of of paper from flip chart paper lying on your desk and you look at it and say, oh my goodness, I have to go through this list and I have to prioritize some projects. And you already have put other papers on top and you start moving it onto the secondary pile on your desk and you put more things on top and it's a month is gone. And then some of perhaps an employee asks you, you know, that list of priorities that we did in that workshop at the end of the workshop, what's going to happen out of that? And already you realize you've missed the train. But this is not going to happen to you because your exercise, I close the gap, is not finished yet. There's still S and E to come. Now, how do you do that? Well, you have now, on that list, you might have something, somebody suggested an action, somebody had an idea. These are still rough thoughts, but the good thing is there's a priority. So the next thing that you'd want to do is Turn these suggestions into into a question. And you do that by shaping key questions. So if somebody says, we need to be better at exploring needs of our customers. So he says, okay, better exploration of the customer needs. Could be a suggestion of improvement. Great. It could be um, being better at customer selection. Okay, fine. It's a suggestion. It's an outcome. It's a description of a state where you want to be in the future. Great. So your task now is take the top three, four priorities that you have on that list and turn these top three, four priorities into questions. And a question could be a how question. How can I explore the needs of my customer in a better way? How can I qualify my projects in a better way? So this way, Rather than just having a suggestion, this is what you want to do, you turn it around. And that question then is asking for a supporter. Who finds this question relevant? Who finds this question important? Who can imagine researching, looking into, developing answers to this most important question right now? That is where you then start to ensure the start of this project. Because what you then do is you ask for volunteers who would like to help and drive the answers to this question around how can we qualify our customers in a better way. You ask for volunteers. And you can see that you will have volunteers who find because that was their suggestion on the list and they they actually they raise their hand and they say i would like to do this i would like to find answers because i find that this is important and what you can do then in a group of people you can bring them up 
and and stand them in front of the group and say, okay, why do you think that this is the most important question for you? And they will actually sell their project to the to your team. You don't have to do that. They're selling their project right now. They're explaining why they find that this is the most important question to answer. And why they're selling that, there are other people who have voted for that question as well. And they realize, oh, wow, that is really important. That would be a terrific idea to work with. So why don't I volunteer to team up with that colleague? And all of a sudden, you have a small team ready to get started with the next step. And I've seen it happen so many times, and it's so exciting to see how the people take ownership and ensure that the start actually, you know, that it really happens. Now, to make sure that that start button really gets pressed, you have to do one more thing as a manager. Because when you have this small team who is all enthusiastic and want to find answers around this key question, all you, need to do, all you need to do now is make sure that it really happens, that you get your, your volunteer, your team leader, get the small team into a meeting, into a telephone conversation, into a, into a webinar and saying, okay, great, let's brainstorm how we can get started. And it is not so that you can impose your ideas around the project. It is just that you're showing interest that this is one of the most important projects that you want to have started with your team. And by showing interest, by making sure that you get that invitation, you don't have to prepare anything. You just let your people run that agenda. They own it. They deliver. And they move it forward. And the fun part is when you then look at the lists of the actions that the people have suggested and you look at the priorities and you look at the way they, the people are so engaged to do these types of things. I, I asked one manager, I said, well, how does this list and these actions, how does that compare to the things that you would have suggested at the beginning of the workshop? And they, you know what they say? All of them they say, well, these are pretty much the same things that I would have suggested. But you know what the biggest difference is right now, and that is why this works so beautifully, is that the team got to put the actions on their list. The team got to vote which were the most important ones. The team got to volunteer who was going to drive the answers, this little sub-project, and find out the answers to this question. And they got to support each other. The team did it. And you didn't have to stand there at front, in the front, try to volunteer and try to persuade and try to argue. The team just did it and it happened so easily. And when you look back, I've had managers look at it and say, how did this happen? It went so easy. It does go easy. That is how you close the gap. You introduce the background, you can have it yourself, you can have it with a discussion in your team. So you open the background, you clarify the situation with a key question that summarizes the problem out of a solution, out of a direction, how to move forward. You summarize the problem out of a question. You let them think about it so that they can find their way and have their suggestion how to move forward. You order the ideas by ranking them. You shape a key question to the top three, four ideas that are there. And you ask for volunteers to ensure the start, leaving that room. Every top item 
has a sub-project manager and a team who's supporting them. These are the key steps forward. And this is the way how we can make sure that a key step is going to reach a significant stage and reach that important event in the development and progress in reaching something significant. And all you have to do is follow it up. You don't have to contribute. You don't have to judge. You don't have to coach. Well, you do coach in the process of executing this project. But all the ideas, all the implementation comes from the team. So this is the way how you can ensure the key step at the end of the workshop. So if you've listened carefully, you've noticed that there are two things of activities that you have been doing. One is the individual reflection and the other one is the group reflection where you wrap it up in the key steps. So this might be a little confusing. That is why I'm going to here for the last slide sort of share the steps moving forward that are before and after the workshop so that you can understand when you do the discovery workshop and you do all the planning around it that you know exactly which the steps are. So let's do this rundown. First of all, of course, you or we would actually introduce you to to work, the whole concept. That is why we're doing these power hours. That is why you have an idea around everything that is happening. The second thing that would happen is that you might want to do a performance development uh, survey where you have an idea from your team which are the performance streams where they find they're comfortable or where they find they might need work on. That is something that we can support you on. Then in the next step, you would, counting down to the workshop, we would offer to do a pilot with you so that you, with your management team, you can have a very clear view around the different steps that it takes. You can go through the workshop uh, process. You can, you're going to learn how to do the observations and how to do reflections step by step. Then you're going to take a decision around, well, which cases do we really want to observe around? Every market is different, which means that some cases you might want to develop with us and in other cases you find, okay, this is great standard case or we want a more sophisticated case the case around the process can be developed with you so that you feel that these reflect the market challenges. The next thing is, of course, you want to give your teams a heads up what's going to happen, an information, share a video, um, send out an email with the planning and the purpose of how to do these types of things, or even invite somebody who's already done it. And now it is workshop time. The discovery workshop. The discovery workshop is like for four people, it will take half a day. For a small team, it will take half a day. For a larger team, it will take a good day to get everybody slotting through the elements of the phases of the sales process and giving you the time to give feedback and sharing your reflections. But now, it doesn't stop there. Now is the most important part so that you don't fall into the trap that I was saying at the beginning that people feel, oh, this is going to be just another one and there's so many other things, it becomes confusing, there is no support, there's no interest and in the end, nothing changes. Now you start the change. And here are the steps to keep that moving. You're going to close the gap. At the end of the workshop, you're going to bring everybody together 
physically or virtually, depending on whether everybody is available in the room, you're going to close the gap to make sure you capture all the opinions, you you reconnect to the goals and you prioritize the top three, four projects with your team that you want to follow up and improve right now. Close the gap is so important so that your f- team gets ownership of the impressions and the changes that they feel they can do right now. Second thing that you can do, you can share the indi- you can do the individual reflections. You've done your observation list, you've converted your observations onto a reflection checklist so you don't lose anything. And now it is a time with each and every one on your team to have individual reflections so that they see what they can do for themselves. What else can you do? Naturally, when you have your reflections with individuals, you can do coaching with individuals, right? Perhaps there is some encouragement that they need. Perhaps there is a course that they need, which is already existing from the course catalog. And you can help them implement that new knowledge. Then you might have another check-in around the whole process with your team because every impact area which at the beginning you, you, you chose one of the most important impact areas to improve your results. Every impact area has a number of steps to reach, to perform, to reach the result. And these performance streams you might want to share so that everybody understands what the blueprint is really about and how it's going to move forward. This in itself might lead to individual actions or to team actions. That is all fine. But you bring them up to another level of the perspective because out of the workshop, everybody was thinking about how they felt. But now in this step, when you're reflecting on the process, you're giving them a higher perspective so that they can manage themselves a little better. Then you might want to bring in even the the team uh, survey results where they can have another perspective of the things. And finally, of course, you can do a three-month team check-in to see, well, how are the projects doing that you had um, that you had been doing during closing the gap? How can you implement those things? How can you move forward in the individual coaching? Is there anything else that you can see that you can improve right now? So these are the steps before and after the workshop. And how much you do after the workshop has a huge impact on how they perceive the value of this workshop and how quickly you're going to implement the changes in your team. So let me just super summarize here those three points where you're going to have checkpoints with your team. And I'm going to show you how you can do those in the following. Because first of all, and this was the same one that I had at the beginning, you're you're going to choose one of the impacts that is going to one area that is going to have impact on the result and you're going to choose that performance area where you say this is what we're going to improve that is why you're doing the workshop that is why you're going to use the steps of that process to do your observations which means you start with the first step of the of the observation of observing that process the second and the third then you take all your observation list and you transfer it into the steps of the performance streams so that you document everything. And this is you this you do per person, individually. You can do it in the workshop or you can redo it later on when you do field observations. You can do both things. Then 
you have the reflections with your team. You go through the core of reflections. You congratulate them for good behavior. You open up on a situation where you feel it could give more, um, it could be a little better. You could do more work on it. You recognize alternatives, understand the impact to check whether the person has the competence, whether they have the knowledge and the skills and the behavior. And then you expand and grow the understanding using the GROW model. This is how you do individual observations and reflections and key steps naturally of course right at the beginning now a little later on you could share and check in on the process which means right now you're picking up on the on the first impressions later on like two months in you might want to think about okay let's review the impressions but specifically taking another level around the performance streams and the performance streams are one specific impact area that is influencing the result. You know, the tech area, the good, um, the good decision, the gems of the communication or the time saving. These are one of the performance areas where you go in and, and put these performance areas, these performance streams on the table and, and talk about this is the sequence of the things, how this tech side or this good decision would go down and you can put these things on the table you can have the checklist on the table um, even the reflection checklist and talk to the people around okay well how are we going to do this now which areas do you think you are strong in and where do you think you can see improvements and you can have a dialogue around that and again you can you can then move forward and you can talk around the core of reflections you can pick up good behavior where you saw something which we did great and you can you can pinpoint those areas where you think um, they might need work and you can recognize the alternatives and ask them and you help them to expand their impression by growing them using the grow model and the final element is you can do the same with your team right you can share again with your team what is important, which area you're focusing on because you believe it's going to have the biggest impact on your results. And then you share the checklists. Print the reflection checklists, the empty reflection checklists. Print them off. Make sure that everybody has them on their table when they prepare for their customer visit so that they understand which is the blueprint of that area that you would want to see them do more of so that they can manage the changes themselves. And you can, one month you can talk around one reflection list, another month you can talk about another, and this way you can, you can share the complete blueprint of the different performance areas so that everybody knows what the expect, expectation is. And when you do field observations, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to congratulate good behaviors. You're going to open up on situations where you think this could, you know, could have a little, need a little work on. You're going to ask them whether they recognize alternatives and how that impacts the, the final result. And you can expand their view by helping them to grow and, um, and move forward. And if you do this as a team exercise, you would do the close the gap exercise again. You would Go through those steps, create new projects, which you can put into your improvement process. Everything that we're doing here, you are driving. Not so much the content of these projects, you're driving the process. You choose what is most important to focus on and improve. 
you help the people see the improvements for themselves, you help the team choose what type of improvements they would want to drive, and you help them maintain the attention so that these improvements are driven forwards. Which means that is the unique role as a coach, which means you're not the manager, you're leading the team as a coach. And I would like to leave you with this last proverb, a coaching manager is the team's coach. And what does that mean? Well, you develop the strategy, you optimize the team and coach every member to give their best so that the team wins. That is what a coaching manager does. This was the Power Hour with me, your coach, Coach Colin. And if you have found this Power Hour interesting or if you find any of this information interesting, perhaps for any of your peers to share and learn more about, then of course you can share it. This is one of these areas of improvements that you might want to be proud of that you have implemented in your team because you would want to make sure that your team feels that the workshop was really valuable and the changes that they suggested were really followed up and everybody enjoyed and saw the progress happening so that the next time round when you suggest that you would want to do another workshop everybody just raises their hands and say yes let's do this again <laughs>